All right, you ready? This is the Trail Runners Experience. I'm your host, Daniel Ferrugia. Let's go. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I am your host, Daniel Ferrugia, and this is your other host, Ash the Drew. Welcome, Ash. How are you, my friend? Thank you. And well, I think we're at episode episode 42, so this Correct. will be my second episode, and yes. your 42nd, of course. Yes, 42. It's a marathon. Well, officially, it's probably my third episode, because I, I, you know, I was an interviewee at one stage. Yes, that's true. You were a guest. Now you've, you've, you've elevated yourself from guest... It's in, in, to to co-host. He's, That's you know, it. I forced, I forced I forced myself in. Yeah, no, huge pay demands too. Six figure six figures to be co-host. <laughs> Isn't that right? You wouldn't yeah. in a contract it says must get six figures, but I thought it said it. six fingers, and so I'm a bit confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So tell me, Ash, how have you been? How's how's everything going? Well, um. Over the weekend, I was uh, stupid would be the, uh, the right term. I um, so I, I for people who don't know, I've got stage four cancer, and so last uh, last Thursday, and I like to run. Last Thursday, uh, I had uh, cancer treatment, yep. and that involves uh, having an, an eighteen gauge needle, which to for those people who don't know, that's about the size of the ink part of a big pen. Um, which goes into my glute, and yeah. if that is placed slightly incorrectly, which is not hard to do, uh, basically my glute stops working, and so um, to then run after that is kind of difficult. And so I, I had uh, treatment on Thursday, and then Friday morning I was limping, so I didn't I didn't run Friday morning, but Friday afternoon I went out for five kilometres, um, which didn't feel too bad, but it was, still wasn't right. And uh, Saturday I went, oh, bugger this, I'm just going to go. So I went out for 33 kilometres. As you do. And I did 33 kilometres and it was a big mistake. So yeah. basically... Um, you wrecked yourself? Well, so, yeah, because my boot wasn't working, my gait had changed. By the time I got to the 20k mark... It was raining, cold rain, and um, I could feel that my leg was going, and I kept pushing because I was 12 kilometres from home, and I kept trying to push time instead of thinking logically, and now my leg uh, doesn't work. So, uh, well, let's, let's put it this way. I'm limping now all the time, and so that, that's been uh, the consequences uh, I have a mechanical injury now instead of a where I shouldn't have had one, and now I need to rest. And because I need to rest, I then have to take more pain medication yep. because my running my running offsets having to take medication basically for cancer. It, it's an unknown reason why that works, but it works for me. So that's my that's my being stupid. I should have backed off and listened to my body, and I decided not to. So are you going to go and check out, um, go to a um, physiotherapist or something to get it checked out? Uh, no, look, I'm, I know exactly what 
it is and how to fix it. And I've just got to basically do single leg squats um, until everything's back to normal. So I know that when when your glute switches off, your iliopsoas muscle has to be overactive. Yeah. And basically I've worn my iliopsoas out and... I know that what I need to do is, is a bunch of leg work. Uh, I've done this before because I have the same treatment every three weeks, and so I know what's going to happen when it's placed slightly incorrectly, and basically I need to do all of those leg exercises, stretchability, lots of rehab, yeah. and I need to do that, and I just I, I need to walk, which is what we discussed last week, um, was was walking and how important that can be uh, instead of running and that's I need to listen to my own advice that we both discussed last week and yes. just take it easy back it off walk and accept the fact that sometimes you need a couple of days rest um, which I'm not a great no. fan of because of the other effects that it has on my body. And uh, if I if I do that, I'll be fine. So it's just, um, yeah, I should basically, when I have treatment, I really need to have four days or five days of very conservative training instead of gung-ho training, yeah. basically. I was feeling good and I was mentally, and that was the problem. I was feeling good mentally and I should have listened to my body. Yeah. Well, lesson learned then, my friend. So, um, yes, well, that's only if I listen to my own advice, yeah. which hopefully I'll do, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not um, uh, smart in that way sometimes. No, that's okay. We all do it. I've done it. And um, hindsight is twenty twenty, you know, as they say. And uh, yep. I've made plenty of mistakes, and hopefully we learn from them. Um, and, and how about your running? What's What's been happening there? Uh, it's been going pretty well. Fairly, I had like uh, a, a, what I would call a recovery week this past week. I, I knocked out um, about 85 kilometres, and um, you know, which I'm that's coupled with still doing my strength work and um, uh, all that. Which so body's feeling really good generally. Like it's and all my running sort of the last few weeks has been between sort of 85. To a bit over a hundred, and um, so not, you know it's not a huge, not huge mileage, but just I'm really happy with my consistency. Um, and the, the other thing is, um, although the other day, and this is a really good, interesting testament to um, listening to your body again. So on Sunday, I didn't really get to do my long run, which I'm a bit disappointed about. So the other way, we had a big race here, the um, the Eurobilla, which is um, Villa Ultra Marathon, which is a great race here in Adelaide, and it goes from Bel Air National Park and finishes um, on my door. Oh, Bel Air National Park's beautiful. I've run all through there. That's yeah. awesome, so, that spot. So it starts through there, and it goes through all the um, quite a number of conservation parks along the skirts along the Adelaide Hills, and you know it's about two over two thousand meters of elevation. And I, I didn't. I've done it a few times. I, I haven't done it for a few years, but um. I was out there supporting a lot of my uh, people who I coach, and they all did really well. I was really happy. Not all, uh, a few first timers and um, a few uh, returnees, and everyone had a great run. And it was it was pretty good running conditions. They had a little bit of hail, and so I was down there at the finish line, sort of all afternoon. Had my kids with me. It was pretty chaotic, 
And by the time I got home, I hadn't done my long run in the morning because of uh, family commitments. And then by the time the, the um, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to do my long run tonight when the kids are in bed, which is something I do quite a lot. I'm sure you can relate. Um, yes. And I thought, I'll go out and do my long run. And by the time I got out the door, it was 8 o'clock at night. And I, and I, and I, was, I was pretty tired by then, just from the day. And I had down on the thing to do 30, I think it was 32 kilometres. And I thought, I just don't feel like doing this. I felt flat. So I was just started running. just And um, and it started pouring rain. And I'm running along and it was cold. And I was like, just, I felt real negative. I was like, this sucks. I was like, I'm, I feel really unfit right now. But then I was like, oh, I'm just tired, you know. And I got, I got about 18 k's in and I was near my house. And I was like, you know what? I am done. And so I just stopped. And I... And I think I was, I'm the better for it because I was, I was just wiped out. I didn't want to make myself sick, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, sometimes you've got, so I got 18 kilometers in and I think it's not ideal, but it, it, it is what it is. So, do you know what I mean? Like, it just, I you, do know what you mean. Yeah. And so I got, that's what I should have done. <laughs> yeah. I cut it short and I mean, to be fair, I was fairly tired on come Monday, I um, even though it wasn't a hard run, it's just that I, because I run that 18 kilometers and feeling tired. And it's funny because sometimes in a race, and I, I, it's funny, like this Heisen 105 that's coming up, the last checkpoint to the finish line is 18 kilometers. And so when I stopped, I was like, oh, I just ran from checkpoint five to the finish. And so I, when I thought of it like that, it actually made me feel better. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a complete. Waste so you, of time. you you use you use your brain, you thought smart, and you use it as a positive. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm smarter than you. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, oh no no no, I, I was I was definitely dumb in my yeah attempt to run. That's for sure. Yeah, but I'll be smarter this week. I will uh, not run very far from home, and I'll run a looped course so that at any point in time I can walk, and if I need to, I can walk home. And uh, I'll, I'll probably do that for quite a few runs before I venture further, just to make sure that uh, everything is operating as it should and that no pain creeps back in. And because uh, with big races coming up, I, I don't want to take time off at this point. No, exactly. And consistency is the key. And so yep. even though on paper, you know, to me I was sort of disappointed that I didn't get – at least over 90 kilometres this past week. But I thought, what's an extra five kilometres, you know, like really? And it is about, it's more important to feel good than it is to feel, to, to wear yourself out all the time, you know. Um, we don't want to, your, your body makes adaptations and changes when you're resting and recovering. And so, um, yeah. No, I think consistency yeah, is when I, when I was coaching, it's something I used to tell my athletes all the time. The most important thing about this training session is that you can back up in tomorrow's training session. Yes. And, uh, yes, yeah, so adhering to that advice is the best thing that you've done this week. Yeah, no. But the kilometres don't matter as long as you can back it up each day. It's funny, even, I don't know about you, and I know that a lot of people listening that will be able to relate to this, and that is, you know when you come, you've been going for a run, and it might say 19.82 on, yeah. on the watch. And you have to go run that extra little bit? Yeah, you have to go a couple of hundred, another 180 metres. So this is how tired I was. 
I ran up, I ran past my house and it said 18.7. And I was like, oh, I'll just run down the street and then turn around and I'll make it round it up to 19. But and then I, so I ran out 50 meters and I was just like, you know what? Stuff that. I'm not even going to bother doing that. So I just stopped. And I was just like, so it's 18.7 something on my on, on my Strava. And I was like, you know what, who cares? It, it, and sort of being a slave to the numbers sometimes can only lead to negativity, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's funny. I, I think that that is a, uh, one of the downsides of Strava. I think Strava is quite an effective tool for being able to jump online and meet up with all sorts of people around the world running their own thing. Yeah. But uh, I also think it's a double-edged sword because uh, certainly for males, maybe it could be females as well. I can't speak for them, but um, that ego thing of oh, I can just go that little bit further and bump it up one. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you have to be a bit smarter than that because you don't win races on Strava. No. Maybe you do. You can join the Strava races, but realistically, training is not racing. And uh, yeah. I hear you, my friend, and, and it's something I talk about a lot. I call um, the Strava is like running in a stadium full of people all the time because you're always. It's like running in a what? Sorry, I missed that. It, it's like running inside a stadium. You know, if you're in. You, oh, yes. You, you know, or when you, you know you're coming into the last part of the race and there's people everywhere, and even though you might feel like walking, you can't walk when there's people cheering you on. And that's how I visualize Strava is you constantly got. You know everyone's going to see your run, and then you know if 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 you're not going to get a personal record on this particular segment because everyone will see it, and you know everyone's going to go in and have a look at your stats, and so it's getting past giving a flying f about what people think. I mean, Strava is a great log log book. I mean, I could go on a hell of a rant about Strava. There's a lot of there are a lot of positive things, but yeah, I think it it can cause a lot of damage to people's training. Um, and so once you can detach from that ego side of it, I think it can be really useful. Um, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not innocent. I have fallen into the trap on more than one occasion, you know, and I try not to as much these days. So, yeah. Um, no, excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, so so you hopefully your leg, um, hopefully you start to feel better soon and um, you can yep. run a bit more. And I will be uh, interested to find out how you pull up after, or you know, within a week or so. Yeah, well, when we when we catch up next week, we'll find out whether this has been a very low mileage week, or yeah. uh, or if I've been smart enough to pull it together properly. Yeah, that's it. Even if you, yeah, there's nothing wrong. You got to let it go, like Elsa says. Um, just like in Frozen, you're a parent, you know. What yes. Like. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> seen that movie too many times. That's what you get when you have daughters. Yeah. But, um, it's a good movie, though. Oh, it's fantastic. It's great music. Try not to sing along. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so on the weekend, there was here in Adelaide, we had, as I said before, had uh, Eurobilla Ultramarathon, and it was um, a really good day. And um, so the, it's definitely one that if you're interstate, I strongly encourage you to come and have a go. It was sort of the original trail ultra here in South Australia. I think it was um, – yeah, so now that there's loads of ultras here in South Australia and around Australia, but Eurobilla was one of the, the original and the best. And, um, you know, it's very hilly, and it's a, but it's really picturesque. Like, you can sort of see Adelaide from most parts of the course. Like, you get these beautiful, oh, wow. beautiful yep. glimpses of the city. 
um, and you know the koalas, and yeah. So I um, we had a couple of there was some fast times. They recently changed the finish line a few years ago, so it's now finishes on a football field down there at Foxfield Oval, and um, and the foot uh, I think it allows for a better finish area. There's more space, but um, it's a bit of a it changes the whole last sort of couple of kilometres in the race, which is a bit disappointing. And so I, I uh, would strongly urge anyone to, who's thinking of, you know, if they want to try something different, sign up for Urubella. It's it's a, it's a race that I just want to keep see. I have a real soft spot for it. I think I'll do it next year. Um, but so yeah, it's, it's it was my first ultra going back. So um, it's a it's a lovely one. Yeah. So. Uh, so awesome. Now, I think we might get all of Brisbane to come down and crash at your place for next year's. Yeah, yeah. You should. You should. I, look, I live right near the finish line too. So, And I'm not going to lie, when we bought the house that we're in now, it's because of the location, the proximity to the Urubella finish line. So it was, nice. it was a big factor. Tra- you know, so we're, I feel very lucky every day that I wake up and I can look out and see the hills right there and I can just go, I can hear them calling me and I just want to jump, put my shoes on and go exploring in the hills. But, um, yeah, totally. Well, I, I can't I can't speak to that race. I can only speak to um, Bel Air National Park. And I, I, yeah. oh, I, I'd say I've probably clocked up maybe 200 k's in that park. Oh, really? And it, it is stunning. Yeah. Especially there's one part where you run through a, a tunnel underneath the railway line. Yep. And um, that's in the race. It gets pitch black yeah. in there when you're going through there and you can bump your head and stuff. But, oh, that trail up to the waterfalls yeah. is something else. It really is. So, yes, if you get a chance to go do that race, it is awesome. Yeah. Now, the other great race that was on the weekend was Surf Coast Century, and we'll be speaking to Carl later, who hit a two-year goal in yes. that race. Yeah, Carl, um, yeah, an impressive runner. And um, it, I think it, it sounds like a, a pretty fast course, to be quite honest. It's a place to go if you want to run 100k PB, I think, because I – there was a couple of runners from South Australia that went over and um, did some incredibly fast times, and so and I think the the, the winner was um what's his name Ash someone Ash Watson, I think I don't know he did it in record time too like under eight hours fast yeah yeah insane like that is that like I've, I've said this many times but I feel like the hundred k is like the new marathon you know like the race at like a marathon now. It's definitely been raced like a marathon, and marathon, especially if they can beat two hours, are being raced like sprints. It um, the speed that people are now putting out, yeah, uh, is something else. Of course, there's the back of the packers too, you know. Oh, um, absolutely. It, running, running is not about you know always being at the top end. It's about getting out and just loving the adventure and uh, enjoying the journey. But what people are doing at the front end too is uh, it's kind of mind blowing. Oh, look. The, the whole the whole spectrum is moving, you know. Like it's um, everyone's it's really impressive. As far as the two hour marathon goes, so that I would like to do an episode, a whole episode dedicated to that. Even though it's not trail running, it is phenomenal, and um, it's coming up. They're going to be having a crack at that next month, and so I think it'd yeah. be one to really, I'm um, possibly even doing a live episode watching it, maybe. Yep. Yeah, that could be a fun one, and we could uh, we could do some of our own commentary, commentary, and um, we'll figure it out. But I think because I, I just I love the concept of it. It's pure science. It's obviously not going to count as a world record, 
but it's it's still really fascinating, you know. So um, but yeah, very very cool. Um, yeah. So before we jump into the uh, episode with uh, with our, our, our Carl. guest with Carl, I thought we might have a. I just wanted to bring up something that I've been thinking yeah, so about. Yeah. Last week we discussed easy running, which yeah. is a essential part of weekly training. Um, that's basically where most of your time should be spent. But then um, you, I think you went for a threshold run today, is that correct? Or are you going for a threshold I'll, run today? I Certainly I'm not. I'll be going for a threshold run today, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'd talk a little bit about threshold runs. And, um, yeah, no, well, hopefully you can do a threshold run very soon. And um, But, yeah, so threshold runs, they've been in this build-up phase. I've been doing quite a few of them oh, with a fair bit of regularity, um, so they're they're pretty a pretty intense workout. They're not they're not as um, yeah. It's something that I it really helps you put plonks you into that little um, into the hurt locker pretty quickly, but um, you're not in it for very long, you know. So uh, threshold. What is so, it? Well, yeah, I was going to say, what would you define as a coach for your athletes? What's your definition of the threshold run? Because if you if you jump online, of course, there's probably a thousand different explanations. So, so what's your version? Okay, so a threshold run, basically, in the purest sense, is you're running at your lactate threshold. And I am, and people go, but I have what the hell is a lactate threshold? So essentially, you're running at a point where it is comfortably hard, comfortably hard. And I. Um, yeah, and you don't need to do it for very long. And so basically, it's a pace that you could run. If you had to, you could race it for an hour at the most. If you're going, if you can go any further than that, you're probably not running at your threshold. Okay, it's not full-on all-out race pace. It, it would probably. So, so you're talking about a fully trained athlete here. What about a beginner? Uh, a beginner. I mean, realistically, I wouldn't be attempting. I wouldn't get a beginner to attempt a threshold run until they're running for a few months consistently with some easier runs. There are, there's no major risk. It's because it's not all about sprinting. Like, I, I'm really worried about when people start sprinting too soon because there's more chances of, um, of uh, hurting themselves. But you do need a reasonable aerobic base to get things going. Um, I um, generally would warm up for a few kilometres. And so... But, so if you've, if you've been training for, you know, three months, and you're a new runner, you've got a couple of months behind you, you could definitely jump in and do even a 10-minute threshold run. And so it's slightly slower than your what I would say your 5K pace is. So if you're racing five like your park road pace, not quite as fast as that. But um, the idea, so you might think, oh, that doesn't sound too bad, but it's the cumulative effect. So I've been doing lots of 20-minute threshold runs, um, today will be two times 20 minutes of threshold. So with a, I'll do about a three or four minute rest in the middle. And so, um, so essentially it'll be, I'll probably cover close to, if not, I'll probably cover about 10 kilometers in that time. And, um, yeah, it's, it's an absolutely cracker of a workout. Um, the temptation is to slip into race pace. And I, um, yeah, I'm not trying to do that. And the idea of the threshold run is to really nudge 
just stay in that that zone where it's, it's uncomfortable. Or not not entirely, like comfortably uncomfortable is probably the best way to describe it. So, yeah. Um, I, I would go, yeah, so today's run will be a three-kilometer warm-up, 20-minute threshold, four-minute rest, another 20-minute threshold, if I can hold on, and then it will be another 3K cool-down. So I'll end up running about 16 kilometers for the day. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend it. And definitely, I wouldn't do it more than once a week. And it's not, and like, for example, I didn't do it last week on purpose because last week was going to be a recovery week anyway. And so I actually skipped the threshold run. And um, and also with the threshold runs, you don't want to do them in conjunction with other speed work. So if you've done a threshold run, don't go doing strides afterwards because you're going to be pretty fatigued. That's, um, I would, you, you do strides after an easy run. And so, um, yeah. And Overall, you should be able to sit at that pace and you can, yeah, I'm enjoying, a lot of the elite athletes will do lots of threshold work and I think it's, um, if you're training for a marathon, it's certainly a, a necessary staple. So, yeah, that would be... So, it's, it, it's kind of, it's a, it's a bit of a bread and butter type yes. workout. Uh, it should be done once a week except for in your recovery week. Yeah. So, basically, you're saying you do this... To improve your improve or maintain your fitness, will definitely improve your fitness. Absolutely, yeah, it's definitely going to improve your fitness. I um, have noticed it, and it's a really good race indicator workout too. For um, if you're if you are training for something like a marathon, and or even if it's a trail, it's going to simulate that sort of um, what that pain pushing at the pain barrier for extended periods. The more you do it, and um, so um, you, you sort of know where your race pace will be if you're doing thresholds a fair bit and you go, well, I know I can sustain this for at least 20 minutes before I have to slow down. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's uh, fundamental. And like I say, a lot of these guys that are doing um, the incredible things in ultra running now, are, um, they're, they're spending a lot of time running at their threshold pace, you know, which it's essentially around zone four if you were to look at the heart rate model. You know the five the five um, phase model. You know five. Yeah. Yeah. And so um yeah so that's that's my threshold run. I I have actually I'm looking forward to it today because I didn't do one last week. But it is it has been a good metric. So how far I can run in 20 minutes without pushing into the race zone. Um and so you, you do have to it, there is a bit of discipline required. Uh, they call it intensity discipline. So it, there's a a tendency to want to push harder and go into full on race pace, you don't want to do that. You just want to hold, just when you get to that point where it's almost too much, you just pull it back, you know. And so, yeah, and the adaptations are phenomenal. So, that's no, good. I'll see how far I go today. I, I do anticipate. So, so, what's it like in your head when you're, when you're running this sort of pace? Yeah. What's it like in your head? Can you think? Can you, or, or what are you thinking about as technique or? Are you not thinking at all? You're just going. Good question. So, you know, as fast as you can. That's a really good question. So, for example, I don't actually. You shouldn't. You should only really be able to talk in sort of broken sentences at that pace. Once you've been going for a bit, um, I don't. I don't even look at my watch for the first kilometer. I try and find it by feel, and then I look at my watch because I do have a sort of pace that I know it should be at around about, 
And um, but the first kilometer is always hard to 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 gauge, and um, because you, I tend to take off a little bit too quick sometimes, and uh, in these sorts of runs. So I just I'm, I really try and go purely by by feel. Um, and yeah, and you bet. It, it's usually by about the 10 minute mark. I'm looking forward to it being over. So, <laughs> so it's um, and so in that case, I'm probably I might be going a little bit too quick, but uh, you, you don't want to. The, the good thing about it is if you're only going to keep it fairly short. Put it this way: I wouldn't even if you're a really well-trained athlete, you wouldn't do a, a real threshold run until you're quite like as in like a full hour. Some people can do up to an hour of threshold running. And, but I just think it might be too taxing on the average runner. So you want to really build up to that. So even adding five minutes on every couple of weeks is probably a good way to do it. Or break it up like I'm doing it today and doing um, two lots of 20 minutes. Some people might do two lots of 10 minutes. Um, a newer runner might do two lots of five minutes. Just getting used to being in that, that zone. And it's all on the flat. And, but to be fair, you could actually do this on a hill. You could do a threshold run on a hill. So if you can find a nice long, uh, a long hill that's not too steep, um, something that you can maintain a bit of running on, um, and this is where a heart rate monitor is really necessary, um, or not entirely, but it could be very useful, I should say. And you just run until you um, you get yourself into that zone four range, or until you're quite breathless where you haven't broken conversation. So obviously the pace, if you're running uphill, is going to be slower than what you would be doing on the flat, but it's still going to be pretty quick for an uphill. Yeah. And so um, that should be something worth, that could be something worth trying for the trail runners out there if you want to get used to burning up those hills. So, yeah. I have done a few threshold runs on uphill and even on the downhill. So you do it on the downhill and you're absolutely flying. So you're doing it purely on effort. Yeah. So anyway... That hopefully that helps. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to add a little bit there. I, I don't use a, uh, a heart rate. Well, I do use a heart rate monitor, but I don't actually rely on it. And the reason I don't rely on it is because I have tumors that in my that control my heart yeah. uh, in the nerves. So it, that data can be very unreliable. And I use a power meter, which um, oh, yeah. made by Stride in my case. Uh, and so I sit at about 80 to, to 90%, closer to 90% of my critical power. Yep. Um, and for me, my critical power is 250 watts. So whether I'm running uphill, downhill or flat, I try and sit at about 240 to two, two, 238 to kind of 245 watts. And if I sit there, that's perfectly on my um, threshold. So, and I can just, I can hold that. Uh, and if I'm racing, I'm racing at 250. So, um, yeah, that, that's just a different way of looking at it for those people who might be, yeah. you know, using a power meter. So There are so yeah. many ways to measure. You, that's so good, you know. Like, I um, I think you're onto it there. And I, um, there's definitely no hard and fast. I mean, like, yeah, so your power, using a power meters are really good. Once you know how to use them, um, heart rate monitor, you know, is really good. Again, it's only as good as the, the tool, you know, as it, the as it, some of them don't work heaps well. Um, I think the best gauge for, for this is if you can be honest with yourself and go, 
okay, yes, this is comfortably hard, and I, you know, doing the talk test where you're talking breathless. That so I, I think all if you can go, okay, I'm breathless, but I'm not too breathless. I'm, my heart rate says I'm sitting in just in zone four, and my critical power, like I use all of those to inform my own effort. Does that make sense? So if I can go, that does. Like, that, that, that's spot on. I think that's a good summary. Yeah. So you, you definitely that's and that's how I see gear generally, like these kinds of things. It's all to inform your um, your own understanding of how your body's working. Um, there's a great video that I saw recently, and I can't believe I haven't seen this until now. And uh, you may have seen it. Zach Miller. You know Zach Miller, the um, uh, American yes. runner. Yes. Yeah. And he, um, it's him finishing the 50, the North Face 50 miler in San Francisco, and uh, it's, he's got um. Jamil Corey is on the camera, running with him for the last, I don't know, a couple of hundred metres, maybe, and and Zach Miller's in the lead. Have you seen the video? It's, no, I don't think I have. Well, I, I might have. Yeah. I've seen a few Zach Miller videos. I'll, I'll send you the link. Anyway, so Zach Miller is absolutely, he's, put it this way, he's above his lactate threshold. He's full on redlining in, in, in this video, and he's literally coming in hard, he's in the lead, and I think he was coming in for a course record, like just a, a smashing it. And it's just so, it's inspiring to watch. But something that's interesting about Zach Miller, he is a perfect example of an effort-based runner. He doesn't, I know he only uses like a $10, you know, $10 or $20 digital watch. Doesn't have any of the metrics that we all have. It's just got the time. And so, and he's purely, he's all heart, that guy. And um, yeah, it's a really good, indication of what like that's lactate threshold usually when people are putting in a big surge toward the last couple of hundred meters of, a, of an ultra they're probably they're redlining there so they're going over that lactate threshold most of our time in an ultra we're, we're well beneath it where we're, um, it's sub maximal so yeah um, but yeah, that's there's a bit of science for you. I might post a link to that video of Zach Miller finishing. Yeah, I was going to say we'll definitely post that in the description. Oh, it's a it's a great video. It's um it makes you want to get out and, and um absolutely sprint the last few hundred meters of all your workouts from now on, which is good sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, um yeah, but that's, so I guess uh, we probably should jump into our conversation with the um, with our friend Carl. And, um, yep, we'll get Carl on the line and have a yeah, chat with him. I think it's going to, I look forward to yeah, a decent runner with a, a decent story. So it should be a good one. Awesome. Well, here comes Carl. Okay, thank you, Ash. All right, good morning. And welcome to episode 42 of the Trail Runners Experience. It's myself, Ashley. Daniel's with us and Carl Foss. Now I'm going to get your name wrong, Carl. It's Carl Foss, he's going to join us. Jeez, that's a good start to the day. Um, let alone our technical difficulties that we had uh, just a second ago getting everybody online. Anyway, uh, Carl's with us today and he's going to have a chat about a two year goal, which has taken him a while uh, to get to. Two years sounds like a long time, but it's probably passed by really quick or really slow. So, Carl, um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, good morning, Ashley, and uh, good morning, Daniel. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, uh, for Carl. A start. And 
And yeah, Forsy is the pronunciation, Forcey, by the way. There you go. <laughs> so there you See, go. No one can ever spell, and no one can ever pronounce my name either, so that's all good. <laughs> so, um, yes, well, um, shall I start at the beginning? Yeah, start at the beginning. That'd be great. All right, no problem. Well, um, so I live in Brisbane, um, and I'm a... Um, um, I'm a trial runner, but I've only been doing it for about three years uh, when I joined the Brisbane Trail Runners, uh, which is uh, a community, like a Facebook-based community that we have up there. And um, and I did a bit of running when I was in school and so forth, cross-country, but never really um, went anywhere with it. But I, I love the outdoors and I love bushwalking, um, and I'm a reasonable jogger, I guess you would say. So... So yes, I got involved with trail running, and um, and it's like a family, the the Brisbane Trail Runners community that we have up there. So um, they're really supportive, and as part of what we do, we join um, local races, um, and a couple of times a year there'll be what we call a runcation, where a, a group of us will go away and do um, a particular race, and it's just a big fun adventure for everyone. Um, some people take it seriously, some people take it not too seriously. Um, but for the Surf Coast Century, uh, which happened in September 2017, that was my first 100-kilometer race. And so at that time, I'd been running for about a year, and we'd been building up to it all year. Um, and there was a, quite a large group of us heading down. And the, the goal for that race was to get what they call the big mug. So on the Surf Coast Century race, if you can do a sub 12 hour time over the 100 kilometer course, then you get a large Surf Coast Century beer stein, which will hold a liter of beer. Wow. If you get sub 16 hours, you get the small mug, which will still hold a pint, which is fairly impressive but it was the big mug that was really the goal for that that trip down in 2017 so you can get hammered quicker on one than the other in other words yeah, absolutely you really only need one drink and you're out <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so can i just jump in there um carl that sounds so you when you did the first one what did you what sort of time did you do it in uh, so, like I said, it was my first hundred, and I was a little bit, um, a little bit naive, a little bit cocky, I guess. Um, so my training really wasn't. I mean, I didn't put too much thought into a strategy and all this sort of stuff. It was just a, hey, I'm just going to turn up and run. What could um, go wrong? It, that's always that's worked for me for the last kind of year. But a hundred kilometres is a, it's a long way. It's a step up. So. I did that race and I did 12 hours and 13 minutes. I missed it by less than a quarter of an hour. Wow. That's so a really I, good time still for your first 100, regardless. It, it is. I'm still proud of myself. It's, a, it's still a very respectable time. Um, but, yeah, I was. it was a bit of a learning experience and I came home a little bit humbled and I came home with my small mug. And there was there were other uh, Brisbane trial runners who came down with us. They did it in sub twelve, and uh, and, I, and I guess that's uh, yeah. It became the start of a um, a little bit of an obsession for me to to go back one day and 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 get my big mug. Nice. And um, yeah. 
Sorry, Ash, you can go. Jump no, in, mate. You go. You go. You're up. I well, my my first question, my first serious question, really was, um, so how did your training differ between the first attempt and your second attempt at this race? So I've um, well, I've done. Since 2017, I have done a few more ultras. I've done um, maybe two more 100-kilometer events, and I've done two 100-mile events as well. So part of it was the the learning experience. I learned a lot more about myself as a runner, and I learned a lot more about strategy, nutrition, all those sort of things that, um, that I really wasn't um, – you know, all over in 2017. But um, but certainly going into this race, um, this year, I leading up to it, I did a 12-week training block. So my baseline fitness was already pretty good. I've been doing a few other big races this year. Um, but certainly the Surf Coast Century was my A race, and I really laid down. I sat down and drew out a training plan, wrote it on the calendar, um, and I'm I'm quite strict with myself, so I was I was getting up early. I was doing the sprints. I was doing the hill work. I was doing the um, the sit ups in my lounge room. Excellent. I um, whereas in 2017, I was just I'll, I'll I'll just go for runs, and my runs were always the same. Yep. But but this time I focused and laid out a, a plan and a strategy um, over that 12 week period, and really tried to pin down those individual components that would make me faster and would enable me to get under that 12 hours rather than just turning up and running. Very smart, yeah. Ash, do you have a question for um, for Carl? Yeah, so this year uh, you ran a miler already at the um, Risen Valley Rail Trail. Did you yes. just include that as part of your training or did, was that a completely separate race and you focused totally diff- separately on that? Uh, no, that was a separate race. Um, and that was, it was pretty close, um, but it was far enough away um, from the September date of Surf Coast that I could treat that as a separate race. So I finished the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail, Myla, um, and then had a few weeks recovery and then started my um, focused training program for Surf Coast. Okay, and if you were to pick one thing out of the twelve-week block, if you were to pick one thing that made like an eighty percent difference, what would have that been that you know other people could pick up on? Um, I would, as far as the the running training um, specifically, I would say the sprint um, and interval sessions. So I would do um, in in Brisbane. There's a suburb called Hawthorne, and there's like a big AFL park with a, a hundred meter, uh, sorry, an eight hundred meter flat loop of a track that goes around the whole park um so i would get up and do um my intervals and i've 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 never had a coach by the way so i've i've kind of picked and choosed um friends of mine who have had coaching and kind of i guess copycatted a bit what they do um but i'll i would do like a hard sprint run around this 800 meter track and then an easy run and then like another hard sprint run and do that like 10 times um uh, and do that once a week um over that 12 week training block but and that that really made a difference that let me run faster so 
um, faster, boats faster speeds became more comfortable and more sustainable over a long period. And certainly on Surf Coast Century, it's, it is quite a flat course. Um, there's a lot of beach running, um, so you're at sea level, so it doesn't really, there's no hills at all. And, and even along the cliffs around Torquay and the Great Ocean Road, uh, there's like small ups and downs, undulations, but it, it is a very flat course. So that suits someone like me. And doing those speed work intervals on a flat track, um, that, that really made a difference, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Carl, probably should say full disclosure here, I am actually a running coach. And, um, okay. Just, so Excellent. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not judging you, but what I'm going to say is actually, I think, well done. I think that's what you said. You said a couple of things that made me go, this guy knows what he's doing. You, I mean, obviously, you've gleaned some good advice from other people um, because, yes, I encourage people to do those kinds of workouts. Um, and, yeah, and I really like that you talked about all the different types of running you did. One of the things I say to a lot of my runners is you need to be a jack of all trades um, when you're running. So you need to be able to run at a bunch of different paces and um, especially when it, in these kind of events, you know. Um, so... And when you were doing your 800-meter repeats, would you use, like, how would you, if you had to nail down, so going even deeper, what, in what way do you think that helped you? Just general fitness, or did it improve, do you feel like it did improve your lactate threshold, or something else? Um, so I guess... See, I've, I've, as a recreational runner, I try not to dig too deep into things like, I guess, lactate thresholds and so on. I couldn't even give you a description of what that is, really. Yeah, that's... Um, but, but I find that... So I would... In, in my training week, I would do like a long, easy run on Monday. So I'm a run commuter. I, I work within running distance um, from my house. So right. most of my running, like 80% of my running generally is done running from work home i'll get the train in in the morning and then run home um great so i'll so i'll do like a long easy run um home um all through brisbane um and then yeah i'll get up in the morning and do the speed interval works um before getting the train to work then later in the week i'll do like a um uh, like a hard run home so the easy run will be at a much slower pace say kind of six minute k's um, and then I'll do like my hard run home later in the week and I'll try and keep that five minute Ks or faster. But right. I found that when doing the, um, once I've been doing the intervals for a few weeks, um, doing those faster sprintier sessions, I, I found that my, my hard runs were getting easier and that I could sustain that, that speed, um, yeah. much more than I could just doing an average you know, just turn up and run, sort of, which is what I've done in the past. Yeah, really fascinating. Um, that I, I think um, generally I really I agree with your approach. I think it's really good. And um, you um, obviously you were doing double double days, um, and so which is also quite taxing. I'll just ask one more question before I jump hand over to Ash again. Um, you mentioned before that you were quite strict with yourself, and I like that word in a way, strict. Um, I like to talk about discipline with myself and with people who are running. And um, people talk about motivation. I'm not a big believer in motivation um, because I feel like it waxes and wanes too much. But if you're really disciplined, you can keep going. Like, I, I like to be inspired 
So would you say you're more of an inspirational runner, a motivated runner, or a, obviously you're disciplined? So like, how much does motivation factor into it all? I, I think, Daniel, that really, um, that really depends on the sort of motivation you're talking about. So there's a lot of, in the whole trail running community at large, there's a lot of, you see on Facebook especially, there's a lot of these inspirational posts and like memes and pictures and things that pop up. And, and, and I'm a little bit cynical about those. I mean, yeah, they're great and, um, and everyone's different. So you can take what you want out of those, but that you can get a bit of um, overload on that sort of thing. And I've found that at the end of the day, it's when you, um, if you want to achieve something like this, that's not going to get you out of bed at four o'clock in the morning to do your speed runs when it's cold, when it's raining. Yep. That's all down to you at the end of the day. And if you want to haul your butt out of bed and get out the front door, that's the hardest part of doing all that sort of thing. Absolutely. And all the, and all the motivational memes and speeches and you can do it, that's not what's going to push you out that front door. So... Um, for me, anyway, I found that it's uh, I, I look internally for that sort of thing, and 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 I guess I've got a I, I was in the navy for eight years, so I'm I've got like a little bit of that military mindset. Excellent. Um, mm. That that I just uh, I just get up and do it. I don't think about the the whole um, you know sitting in the sitting cross-legged wearing a white shirt and looking at the sun rising over the ocean that sort of motivation yeah. doesn't um that, that that doesn't really push me it's i'm i'm a lot more kind of bare bones i guess you would say in my motivation no i love it what do you think ash what any thoughts uh yeah like so how much base fitness you went from zero to 100 k's in 12 months uh, yes, that's correct. Originally. So what did you do in between zero and 100 Ks? Because that's, that's a massive, that's a massive step. What was like, even though you say it's a flat course and I know that area, um, it's still not exactly dead flat. Um, yeah, that, that's a big step to go from, from being an, a, a jogger, as you said, to, to wanting to run a hundred Ks. Did you have steps in between? Like people, people look at things. And they go, "Oh, I, I want to do that as my as my bucket list goal," um, and and that sounds a little bit similar to what you've done. And then you've gone, "Hang on a second, I want more out of this." And you've you know you've you've buckled down and done another two years of training. So, what made you get from zero to a hundred in the first place? Well, I guess the um, the community that I'm a part of, the Brisbane Trail Runners, they. Um there's a lot of, and dare I say, motivational people that um, that, that give, gave me a lot of inspiration. So seeing ordinary, everyday people do this sort of thing, running 100-kilometre races, running milers, and we we get together once a month and have beers and have like a little social committee meetings, we call them, and, and hearing their stories um, like really kind of pushed me and said, yeah, I want to do that. So 2017, um, which was my first year of running and leading up to this first 100 kilometer event i um <laughs> i actually signed up for a lot of races I, I if there was a race on in brisbane i was doing it um up to the 50 kilometer distance i guess so i did 
Um, actually, even going back a little bit further, in 2016, I did um, I did the Gold Coast 50, which is a road run. Um, so I'd never run a marathon, but I, yeah. So I ran from zero to 50 kilometers in yeah in the space of a couple of months. <laughs> well, um, would you say that was too soon? <laughs> um, well, trying. Well, that was like I said, that was a road race, the Gold Coast Fifty. That's a long race. Trying though. to do, trying to do the Misty Mountain Fifty Kilometer Trail Ultra a week oh, that's after a bit that. Different. That was too soon because I DNF'd that. <laughs> yeah, painful. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun, and people look at me like I'm crazy sometimes. But. Um, but yeah, and I've, I've actually picked up that there's an ultra running meme. You've probably seen it. So Dory from Finding Nemo. Yeah. Um, with the, oh, uh, that's it. I'm never doing another race. Oh, look, a race. And yeah, there's a picture of Dory. It's, um, yeah. so yeah, Dory's kind of become my nickname because I, I signed up for a lot of races in 2017 um, yeah. leading up to Surf Coast, which was the first 100. But yeah, local races, 20 kilometers, 30 kilometers, 50 kilometers, like I, I did everything and, and yeah, a lot of the serious runners that were saying like, this is too much. And if, if you've got a goal, um, uh, like surf coast to do that in a, in a stout time under 12 hours, then it probably is a little bit too much. Even if your fitness is there, I think even if you're a very capable runner, you, you have to concentrate. Like if you've got a goal race with a, with a serious time that you want to do then not just from the fitness and breaking your body side of things but from the mental side to be able to put a focus on that one race and like this is what i want to do this this other stuff it's kind of fun it's cool but it's really not as important so maybe i should stick with it's, with my goal race i could not agree with you more carl and I do think there's a glut of um, races out there now, and it's so hard to for people to just not enter a race. And I'm a bit I'm a bit like you. I enter fewer races now. I've been doing ultras for quite some time, but um, I don't do as many in a year now. But I just uh, so I focus more on the big races, even if they're a local race, and if I want to run well. I won't run, I'm not gonna run everything. Like here in South, I'm in South Australia and I could conceivably run a race every single weekend, you know, a varying distances. Yes, yep. yeah. And <laughs> It's the same up here in Queensland. The calendar yeah. is just so full and it's hard to, um, certainly for someone like me anyway, you've got that kind of fear of missing out and yeah. it is hard to back off sometimes and just say, yes. you know what, I'm gonna have to give that one a miss. Yeah. But it's fantastic, and it is. It's all about the goals. Like, if do you want do you want to just participate in all those races, or do you want to run a cracking time in one of those races? Because you can't yeah, run a, you can't absolutely. run a cracking time in all of them. And um, so myself and Ashley have both got hundred k races coming up fairly soon. So Ash is doing the Black Hole one hundred, and I'm doing uh, yes. and I'm doing the one that's called the, the Heisen one hundred five here in South Australia. That's next month. And so, okay, excellent. Maybe, um, so, so, so before I jump over to Ash, um, what, like you, you said, you, so you did um, the Surf Coast, it went under 12 hours. What was your actual time in the end? Uh, I, I, well, I didn't just scrape under 12 hours too, which was, Good. I'm really stoked about. I, um, 
yeah, my official time yeah, was smashed. 11 hours, 10 minutes and 26 seconds. So I, I beat wow. my time in 2017 by more than an hour. So now you're staring down the barrel of a sub 11 hour. Yeah, well, it was like all races, not everything went according to plan. Um, so the wheels did almost fall off at the halfway point. Uh, so, yeah, if everything had gone perfectly, which which is a big ask, I guess, in any ultra. But, yeah, I, th I think a sub-11 would have been um, or could have been, yeah, not outside the realm of possibility. That's incredible. You actually finished in a very similar time to a very good friend of mine who was over there from South Australia, a, a young woman by the name of Erin. I don't know if you saw it. She would have been within about two minutes of you. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, congratulations to her. Yeah. So, um, no... Real. Anyway, getting in that realm is very quick, though, in the low 11s. But, um, Ash, what's your takeaway? Um, my question, at 49Ks, what fell apart and what pulled you back together? Good. Uh, so I've... Uh, so at about the 35-kilometre mark, um, I... Just going up a slight hill, I had a, a problem with my calf. started to develop like it really... Like it felt like someone had bayoneted me in my in my left calf, and and I never suffer from cramping. That's one thing I'm really lucky with. But this really kind of stabbed me and pulled me up, and I was like, ah, oh, god damn it, no. Um, but I massaged it and dug my thumbs into it and managed to keep going until the halfway point. But but coming up to that checkpoint at Anglesey at 49 kilometres, like it really started pulling me up again and and in fact both legs like really started seizing up and just freezing and I, I limped into the checkpoint and and like I sat down in my chair and my sister Rebecca who was absolutely amazing crew for me for this race um, she kind of helped me out and um, hydrated me and like I just gobbled lots of chips and um, I, I spent 15 minutes at that checkpoint though which is a long time and and I was at starting to get really worried, thinking if I can't fix this, then it could all be over. This is, this could be really, really bad. Um, but they, um, yeah, they patched me up, um, and I, I hobbled out, and because after 15 minutes, too, everything had started freezing up a little bit, so it took me a little while to get going again. Um, but yeah, I kept running, um, and there was there's two kind of hilly bits, I guess, on this course, and the hills are right after the halfway mark. So I had to grind up those hills too, and my calf was really complaining and didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to have a bar of it. But I did I did manage to get up to the top of those hills, and I at the top of the second one I had a little cry, but I thought no, you've got to keep going, just got to keep pushing this is you didn't come down here to get another little mug so um so yeah i did keep pushing it i tried to block the pain out um but it was yeah it was a close thing and eventually i, I did manage to my calf is still sore now by the way i, I I'm, I'm hoping it's going to come good because i'm doing black hall in a month's time with you ashley so <laughs> i hope it's going to be all good for that <laughs> if that be that after we've just spoken about not doing too many races yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah I, I did manage to kind of get it all together and when i came into 
the distillery creek checkpoint which is at 70 kilometers i was I, yeah i'd managed to get back on schedule so i was yeah that i was really relieved like <laughs> it could have it was a close thing though i was i was not in good shape at the 49 kilometer mark wow mate so you you're pulling some really good pace if you took 15 minutes off to then come in in 11 hours and 10 minutes you were you were ripping it up the rest of the time <laughs> you must have had some time up your sleeve <laughs> yeah yeah i think my my average pace coming into the halfway mark was yeah six minutes um, six minutes and four seconds or something like that. Wowzers. Nice. So yeah, that's hours. really good. Yeah. So really good. Blackall is going to be a different beast altogether for you then, and for both of you guys, um, obviously a bit more elevation. Well, depending on where the course is. Yeah, well, we don't know yet, do we? So. <laughs> no, the, the course, the course the, the, with the national parks closed, we don't know the course yet. Ah, it's a mystery bag. How exciting! That's it. So they've. I, I have actually spoken to Brett, one of the race directors, and he does have contingency plans. But yeah, they've. It's a funny one, Blackhall. Like I've I've done that race twice before, and they've. Um, yeah, they do. I think last year was the proper course, but the year before that it was um, flooded, and then the year before that it was. Um, yeah, bushfire closures. So yeah, it's, it's always a, it's always a bit of a nail biter that course to see where you're actually going to run. Um, Queensland, uh, beautiful one day on fire the next, isn't it? <laughs> it it's it's kind of like that at the moment. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, yeah, we've had a couple of. Um, you may know this lady. Um, she was she lived in South Australia for many years. Um, she now lives up in Queensland. Haley Teal. She she was at Surf Coast. I think she was on the podium for the women, and she's um. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, and, and I know she's she's living somewhere in Queensland, in southeast Queensland. So I mean, I, t- I know the running community. You know, generally people get to know each other. So I'm sure if you'll get you'll probably meet Haley at some stage. Um, but yeah, no, phenomenal running. Um, and so another question I have for you is moving away from um, well, you've got Blackhall. And you've just done this amazing race down at the Surf Coast Century. What is on your? Have you got like? I don't like to use the term bucket list, but I guess what is your bucket list race? Have you got an ultimate race that you'd like to do? Um, that's a that's a tough question because there really are just so many. Um, there's there's actually a, a little bit of a not so well known one. There's the Ultra Trail to Angkor. Um, which is in Cambodia, and that runs through those beautiful kind of ruins of Angkor Wat. And, oh, wow. Um, the, the, it's not just the Angkor Wat temple, but there's the Angkor Wat area. There's temples and, like, amazing things covering, like, many square kilometres. Um, so that's that's what I would like to do. Um, you, you moving to North Queensland to train for that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the Brisbane summer should be should see me should right. Be appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spend some time um, up in Cairns, maybe through summer, just the hot yeah. summer. Yeah, but that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and so that's that's an interesting race. Never heard of it. Um, I love an unusual. No, race. neither have I. Yeah. Um, so, anything else that's beyond that? Like, would you ever like to run? Have you done like? 24-hour races or some of the different formats um, that you um, I haven't 
I haven't done a 24. I've, I've signed up for the last one standing, the Clint Eastwood, next year, which is a AAA racing event uh, in Brisbane, which is, um, yeah, Lazarus Lake is, is going to be at. And that's a, oh, cool. a, a, as the name suggests, that's the, yeah, that, that could go for m- days. So that, yeah. that will be an interesting one. But um, I've also signed up for, <laughs> for Run Lara Pinta, which is, um, which is another one of Rapid Ascent's um, events. But that's like a four-day stage race um, next year. And that's, that's a week and a half after the last one standing, though. So we'll see how that works out. But I'll be, I'll be um, going and doing that together with my lovely partner, Lauren. Um, in the, so, yeah, in the Red Centre, it'll be a, so a beautiful a, race for us. A fun race. And if I could sorts. give a quick shout-out, too, to my to my lovely partner, Lauren. She came down to Surf Coast and is here with me now, and she's done uh, – well she done. also got a big mug time. She she was at Surf Coast last year and had horribly infected eyes and really oh. struggled and had horrible weather last year. But she came in this year um, right behind me, so she's got a big mug as well. Oh wow! A bit of competition. The, the couple that runs together. What? What? Well, well done. What happens if she beats you? Like, she's going obviously. Pardon me. What? Who? Like, does do does the loser have to buy dinner usually or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's she beat me by three hours at the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail. So. <laughs> wow. So this time I've managed to just kind of hang on and kind of <laughs> finish in front of her. But, um, but yes, you were talking about motivation before, and that's, that's very much motivation. So some of, the, some of the running that she does, that really pushes me. It's, yeah, really, really amazing to have her by my side for all these adventures. Fantastic. Lauren's, Lauren's seriously hardcore. Like, yeah, yeah. She, does more kilometers, <laughs> she does more kilometers a week than I drive. <laughs> yeah, I can say the same, yep. <laughs> Well, we uh, we should have interviewed both of you on the podcast today. Um, yeah, so I think that Lauren will definitely get one to herself at some point. Yeah. I think you definitely should because, yeah, she's – it's just mind-numbing, the, the runs that she does and the, just the sheer kilometres. And, it, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> well, do, you, do you guys train together? Um, Ever? Well, we – we do do runs together. We do do training runs together. But the um, certainly the training that I was talking about before for Surf Coast, that was all, uh, yeah, I did 95% of that by myself. Um, yeah. Whereas Lauren, Lauren actually doesn't live in Brisbane. She lives just outside. So we can't do that sort of training blocks together. Right. Oh, well, maybe next yeah, year. Lauren effectively lives in the country. Yeah, she lives in Boona in the Scenic Rims. She's the the race ambassador for the Scenic Rim Ultra, which is happening in a week and a half's time. Oh, wow. Which she is also running. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I guess if you're racing a lot, you are going to, your body does, can adapt if you really focus on recovery. You know, if you get that, when you get that recovery time, you've got to make the most of it, eh? So you obviously... Absolutely, you do. Yeah. I'm a bit, I feel like I'm a slow recoverer. Um, I'm been a bit better over the years, but you know, if it's between, if anything more than five or six weeks between ultras, and I'm stuffed, you know, um, anything less than that, sorry. So yeah, but um, maybe it's my my old age. What do you reckon, Ash? <laughs> no, never say oh, that. No. It's it's, ne- it's never it's never old age. It's just you adapting to 
who you are in reality. Yeah. I think every every runner is different, and once you work out what you can and can't do, you become a much more effective racer. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. It's, yeah, everyone is different, but yeah, you find you find your groove, and yeah, find what works for you, and you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. Really good advice. I, I tell you, um, before I, we let you go, I just I want to ask, and, and we were talking about motivation and all those um, your Facebook memes and the posts. And I, even though those things are cheesy, they're sometimes good. Do you have a quote that inspires you or that gets you out the door? Is there something that? or even a person that inspires you, you know, obviously you can say your partner, but I, I want to go even bigger than that. Like what inspires you? Um, what inspires me? Wow. That's a big question. I'm sure it is a big question. And yeah, I, and again, I don't think I can put my finger on any one thing that inspires me. It's uh, if you, if, if you want to do something, then, um, then yeah, just just effing do it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's and, just and like. I guess the... I, and I say that to myself during races. It's um, you know, it, when you're in the when you're in the hurt locker, when you're in those dark moments. It's um, and and the, the little voices start appearing, and they you know maybe you should maybe this isn't going to happen. Maybe it's whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just shut up. Just effing do it. I think just effing do it was um, was the first um, slogan that Nike had. Just effing do it. But they decided yeah. <laughs> they decided maybe to drop the effing. <laughs> I, I think I think that's probably right. Yeah, that's for sure. Fun fact. No, that's uh, good advice. Yeah, I, I know. Look, I love it. I love just just do it. Like I'm the same. Don't think about it. Just do it. But um, but no, well done. Um, any uh, any other questions for? Carl, before we let him let him go there, Ash. Um, no, I'm I'm good. I, a couple of little nuggets out of there is uh, one having a my two nuggets I've taken away from Carl's little chat is join a group that um, that helps you get out in the trails, such as Brisbane Trail Runners. I mean that that group in itself, I, I've run with that, those guys quite a few times. And I've even been out running, and they'll run in a pack of 50 and 60. It's crazy how many of them are in that group at times. Um, but join a group, and then the other one is, you know, set yourself a goal that just nothing stands in your way. Yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah, you, I would you agree with that? That's, that's two invaluable pieces of advice right there. Certainly joining a group, you'll get, um, even if the whole motivation, inspiration thing isn't your thing, just getting the advice, just hearing from people who have been there before, and they'll say, look, this is what you need to do, or this is a, they'll help you lay out a strategy, just just because that's what we do, you know? We help and support each other. So, yeah, whether you're, if you're in Brisbane, then come along and run with us, the Brisbane Trail Runners. But wherever you are, yeah, join a group, absolutely. Excellent. That's um. I could not agree more. Look, this sport of trail running. Here we are. You're in. You guys, or you're in Victoria right now. Still, is that right? Um, I am still in Victoria. Yes, yep. for another few days. So we've got we've got Victoria, and I mean you're a Queenslander, and you've got we've got Ash up there in Queensland, and I'm here in South Australia, where trail running is huge as well. And it's just a, it's a beautiful sport. Like I, I have to say, and it just it really does. You know, like the community here is fantastic, and just it brings every and there's just something about it. It's not an, 
it's not an angry sport. And that's what I love about it. It's a, a you, it's a, a caring community. You know, you someone's in struggle town, and you know, or if I'm in, I've been in struggle town before in a race, and someone's like checking up on me. You're right, mate. Let's hit going. Let's just do it. You know, it's, we're we're lucky. I I would not have it any other way. So. I, hopefully we are cross paths one day. So when I come up to Queensland, I'm going to come and check out the Brisbane Trail Runners. Oh, you certainly, yeah, certainly should. Like we're, yeah, we're on Facebook. Um, just there's runs almost every weekend. So yeah, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to catch up with you, Daniel. Yeah, fantastic. All right, we, I'll, um, we might end the uh, the podcast just there. Thank you so much for your time, Carl. And um, we will, good luck at Blackhall and we'll have to, I'm sure Ash will be able to catch up with you at Blackhall and, and um, get, maybe get some, uh, some more hot tips from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I certainly look forward to catching up with, uh, with Ash again sometime soon. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Same here. Yeah. And we'll uh, catch up with Lauren as well. Yeah. Yes, of course. She's looking forward to seeing you too. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, both of you. It's been a it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Pleasure's all out. Awesome. Thank you. You you enjoy uh, a little bit of time off now. I will just a little bit. Hey, trail runners! I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Trail Runners Experience. If you like this podcast and you like what I do here, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it with your running friends. It really helps the podcast grow when you do that. See you next time on the Trail Runners Experience.